My first question this evening, Julia, is how does it feel to be on the other side of the sofa or this, or all these chairs? <laughs> it feels really strange. Does it? But the thing is, I put so many people through this, haven't I? Yeah. So I've got yeah. to be humble as a minister and I've got to accept it's my turn. Yeah, and I think it'll actually be my turn soon, so don't worry, I won't, <laughs> won't grill you this evening. I'll pay you back next time. Okay, much appreciated. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, as Candice has already mentioned, this evening we're thinking about faith. And because it's Advent, we're thinking about faith in particular in relation to the Annunciation to Mary um, when she says, she puts all her trust in God and she says, let it be unto me according to your word. So we're thinking about faith as that trusting relationship with God. And so my first <coughs> question is, your own relationship with God, is there a clear moment when that began or was it more gradual? It was gradual, but I've also got clear moments as well. Just sorry. Okay, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's a double-ended sword, isn't it, really? Um, can I tell you about it? Please do. Right. Well, as a child, um, I, th- I think some people might know this, but uh, I'll remind everybody. I did lose my sister. She had leukaemia when she was three and a half, and I was six. And that was a traumatic time, actually, for my family, because she was an identical twin, so the identical twin has survived, obviously, and um, I had an older sister. But so the trauma in the family is that when you're grown up in a family, you don't know any difference because that's your family. Mm. But I grew up um, in that suffering, I call it suffering because, because it wasn't set, anything said. Mm. It was an atmosphere of sadness. And as I grew up, I think that's why I'm so passionate about people sharing their stories, um, helping people in spiritual direction. Uh, and also when I was in chaplaincy in the hospital, it was helping people to offload. Not everybody wants to offload. I realise that, and that's where the conflict comes sometimes. <laughs> it's my passion sometimes to help people, and I've had to learn the hard way. But as a child, there was a sense that there was something there I needed to talk to. Mm. I was thinking about this this morning, you know, when I was trying to plan, what I going to say, what, what you might ask me. And I was thinking about a book. Now, I'm not an academic. I wasn't certainly an academic when I was a child, so I was very creative. But this book, I'm, I think I picked it up at Jumble Cell. It was called Pillows and Prayers. Mm-hmm. And I've used it lots of times over the years in different occasions. And it was a simple, very, very simple. Actually, when you go to bed, if you don't pummel your pillow, then you can't sleep. You need to talk to God. <laughs> and it was a simple thing I read when I was a child. And it was my escape, I suppose. Because mm. I think that's my early version. I can explain of faith because it wasn't faith in God exactly but it was something to talk to mm-hmm. so I couldn't talk to my family because they were all traumatised and um, it didn't you know it didn't help we didn't know they were but it was very emotional for anyone that's lost anybody close to them so it's certainly a child mm-hmm. and it was a nasty leukaemia it was very um, rare it was rare it, you didn't hear children as far as I know dying you know, it was Oh, 50 over years ago and you didn't hear of children dying mm. or suffering so much with leukaemia. You do hear a lot of it now mm. and it's a very sad time. Anyway. Mm. Oh, thank you very much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. My next question is I wonder how your relationship with God, how that trust has developed over time. So have there been any 
key moments in your life where you've had to trust in God, you've had to put more trust in God than perhaps you had before? Yes, it certainly has. And it's quite a few, but I've just chosen a couple of major times, I think. Now, I went to church as a child. Mm-hmm. I went to Sunday school. When I was 13, I used to, I always liked people. I always mm-hmm. liked, had lots of friends. I like chatted to people. And uh, you've already guessed. And, and anyway, when I was 13, the Sunday school teacher said to me, Julia, I think it's time you got confirmed. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, gosh. You know, I said, no, no, I can't. Because I am quite an independent person. And growing up in that family, that we didn't share things. Mm. And so, which made me rely on my own strength, mm-hmm. which I've had to fight and battle with, with God, uh, many times over the years. And it's quite costly to me. Mm. And um, yeah, it was a difficult, because I stood back, and I really stood back from church then. We obviously got married in church when I met Julian. But it wasn't until, well, I went to art college and uh, followed a creative career, uh, trained as a dress designer, and then I had a job as a lingerie designer, designing underwear, and so I had lots of experience that way, and it was good times. Um, I nearly, somebody, I mean, you might laugh, but somebody did ask me, um, I was at college, when I wanted to go into modelling, because I was very thin, and I didn't mind, I didn't mind walking in front of people, not mm-hmm. speaking in front of people, that's another issue, but I could do anything walking, and modelling. I didn't choose that career. I chose the dress design and fashion design. So when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I obviously had to leave and I was going to go back to the job. But my father died suddenly right. and he was only 50. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Coronary was when, when he was on holiday with my mum and my grandparents. It was an awful time. It really was awful because it was a shock, awful shock. Um, you know, obviously to my mum, and I was very close to my dad mm. because of losing my sister. My t- other two sisters got very clingy to mum, and I was close to my dad, and that threw me completely. Well, I didn't know where to turn, you know, relying on my own strength again. But I didn't think. It took me back to when, about my early days, and uh, a little bit of faith, I suppose, comes into it. Really, I thought I'd go to church. So I found, because uh, my husband was in hospital as well, I didn't have that. Wow. It was a really awful time, I had yeah. the baby as well. So I found a church, and it was All Saints Day, I'll never forget that, <laughs> because the only service was in the evening. Mm-hmm. All right? So I went along, didn't notice it was Holy Communion, because I didn't know, you see, what Holy Communion was. So I turned up, I was the only one in the service. So I'm used to being in small services. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else comes <laughs> so of course the vicar looked at me and he obviously guessed that I knew nothing about <laughs> this service I, I knew about the prayers and read things mm. but uh, he said look let's stop this he asked me my name he said let's stop this and let's just pray together mm. and he asked me a little bit of what happened I said my dad had died etc and um, he came round a few times actually and supported me and Julian uh, when Julian came out of hospital and my mum as well went to see my mum for three months actually uh, while my dream was in hospital and um, it was it was a really really difficult time but mm. then I decided that was a time I was to be confirmed hmm. into the Church of England it was a stepping stone into a, a closer relationship with God mm. I just thought if dad died where did he go <laughs> it's a very naive answer sorry but it's very naive 
But I thought, if Dad's gone somewhere, where's he gone? Hmm. So first stop was church, then thinking, I'll pursue this and see if I can discover something. And so that was probably the beginning of my faith journey, but it didn't mm-hmm. last very long. I was confirmed, okay. and then I left, basically. Right. I started looking at other faiths, mm-hmm. uh, all different things. It didn't satisfy. I was really quite unhappy, actually. We moved from that area and moved to Downend. Right, I'm talking a lot. Do you want to ask me more, any more questions? No, no, no. You're, I'll continue, you're doing great. Right, okay. Please go on. So we moved to Downend, and that was a turning point because I met some young people, I was only young myself then, young children, and uh, this one lady who had, I'd had a dream that I would meet somebody with ginger hair. Now, I know it's a bit crazy and people think dreams. But anyway, the first lady I met in Downend dropped my daughter off, a little daughter at school, just started school, and the first lady I, dropped, I met, she had ginger hair. And she's still a friend now. And she said, you know, you're new around here, which is really good when people spot new people in areas, isn't it, down end. And she said, yeah, notice you've got young children. I said, I have. And uh, she said, well, would you like to come to church with me? I said, well, no, because I'd got cold feet by then again. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been for a long time. I just sort of followed some different things. But she said, well, I can meet you right beside the door. I, and she said, come to Young Families Group, which I did. And to, short, to shorten the story of that, I joined the Young Families. I became a secretary quite, quite soon. I started going to church. But in a way, I went to home groups, first of all. I just started home groups. And they were thriving. Because I think they're fantastic home groups. It's where you can share uh, different thoughts. And if you don't understand church, you don't understand the sermons, or you don't understand anything else, your own journey, that's where you grow. <coughs> you get to know people. And that's where I grew. Hmm. I started thinking, they were talking about Jesus, and uh, obviously, and I thought this was quite interesting actually. And I met a lady there that was a navigator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people know what navigating is, not the ship, not on the ship. There's navigation in faith. And she, it's up the north, I think, really, generally. But she said, I can help you with your Bible study if you'd like to, with navigation studies. Mm-hmm. So there was another lady as well that came from the home group, and three of us met for two years. Mm. And we studied the Bible together, and it opened up. I became quite passionate about it, and I can be quite passionate. I'm a creative person, and once I find something that really interests me, it interests me. I mm. want to follow it through. So I think it was going really well, and I, we did met, met over, for over two years. And then I had this feeling that I ought to make a step further into ministry of some sort. Mm-hmm. But being creative, I thought, I'm not an academic. How am I going to think about anything else? We had a lady curate just come to the church, went to talk to her, and she said, well, I think you need to do a few essays and you know, join the taste. It was called Taste and See in those days, uh, reader training. So I went along for one, and I thought, oh, we're doing nothing like this. And uh, this is relying on me again, my own strength. Well, soon after, which was a prime important time in my faith journey Mm -hmm. and I know I'm talking a lot but I think this is really important this one I was involved in a car accident Mm -hmm. but I wasn't driving as a passenger and we were just coming out of the down in school car park not even on the main road and this car driven by a drunken driver lost control came into the car park 
sent our car into a spin, and I went through the side window. Okay? So obviously I had lots of facial injuries and neck injuries, but there was an ambulance going by just at that time, and it wasn't late, it was about 8 o'clock in the evening, and they stopped because they thought it was fatal. So, but it was amazing because I was whisked off to hospital straight away. I'll never forget because the door kept on swinging open on the, in the ambulance. I thought, I haven't been got one way, perhaps I'm going to die another way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's stupid things, I know, but I did really think there was something out to get me that night. <laughs> but obviously, I didn't die. But, uh, and when I, was, when I was in that, in, in, it was French, eh? obviously, I was taken to. And in the next cubicle was this, the driver that caused this accident. And they couldn't um, breathalyze him because he'd cut his chin. Mm-hmm. But so I thought, well, you know, what do I do? So I kept on reciting these verses. Because in navigation, the navigate, navigators, you learn verses, you learn Bible verses. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot, so don't ask me any. But you, you're asked to choose a few favorite ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd write three, and I kept on going over these all the time, my head. My nose was over here somewhere. So I had to have, the next day, he kept me overnight in the head um, injury ward, which was mm. quite horrific, mm. if anyone's ever been in there. It's quite sad, it really is. But they had to stitch my nose back straight. Yeah. And I remember then praying and thinking, if, God, if Jesus could be crucified on that cross, well, I can go through this. Mm-hmm. I just kept on thinking and praying and praying, please, Jesus, don't leave me. Please, Jesus, don't leave me. And he didn't. I had, I had the strength to get through that. And to shorten the story, because I could go on for a long time, um, that was the beginning of my chaplaincy life. Because mm. I had a visitor come to see me. First time I'd shared really deep stuff. Mm. Because going to home group, we don't actually share the same. Um, I actually shared some deep rooted stuff in my childhood, how he struggled. Mm. With different things and I thought this could be what God's calling me to hmm. and so I actually visited for 12 years wow. thinking that was going to be my calling hmm. it obviously didn't work out because something else happened then but I during that five years I'd had three more operations to clear my nasal passage to do other things because it was quite bent and um, not very good now but it's better than what it was and I trained, I did go forward for reader training. I wasn't sure if that was me, but Julian was never interested in those days in faith. Mm-hmm. I, I basically had got a faith actually, but we didn't talk about it, so I thought I dare not mention about ordained ministry because it's stupid to say it, but I really didn't think he, he, he and the family would be happy about me doing it. So I chose the reader ministry and also at that time, there was people talking about spiritual direction in the hospital, mm-hmm. the chaplains, and I thought this was really good. I had a couple of sessions with a spiritual director, and I went forward mm. for selection. Didn't think I'd get selected, and I did. So I did the training parallel together. It was very intense, mm. but it did me good. And I also did counselling training at the same time. Right. And I'm not trying to list all these things, but it did help me and put me in in a strong position for the future. And you were able to use your own hardship as, a, yes, as then a, a gift to, to other people. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was amazing. And yeah. yeah, I think helping others, mm. it, it's not that we, we look for help from others, 
but I think God uses pain. He turns it around. What, he, what God's done in my life, everything I've gone through, it's all been turned around. Because hmm. then I actually did go forward. I was 50. Uh, we had a different change of vicar and everything. I went forward for ordained ministry, but not very far with it. Uh, but I, I wasn't very confident about going any further. By then, I'd done a lot more academic study. So I, I was quite enjoying being a reader because I was a sub-warden as well to the reader ministry on selection panel as well. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to different churches and doing the chaplaincy as well. But then, what happened then was that, going back to my nose again, and this is what happens if you do have a really severe whack, because it was severe, because they've got to re-break your nose every time they operate. Um, I had cancer oh. in oh, that goodness. spot. Uh, my daughter had spotted it. It was, a little, it was only a little spot. And it was, that was an awful time, that was. So that's why I've got a scar. Mm. And um, it was a nasty operation, that was. And at that time, when I saw the consultant, he said, who spotted that? I said, my daughter. He said, she saved your life. Because wow. it was an aggressive one that would have probably eaten away my face and everything else. Wow. So she saved your life, he said. And I suddenly thought, it's funny I get these flashes. I suddenly thought, if I don't go forward for ordained ministry, even just for selection, if I got to the end of my life, would I have regrets I hadn't actually at least made that step? And so, Julian was with me, so we went in the cafe, and I said to him, I said, look, I said, I really can't, this won't go away, I can't get rid of the, I've tried and tried to stamp it away and dismiss it from my life, and I can't. He said, well, we'll just test out the process. Mm. And he's always been supportive of yeah. that. I moved church then, mm -hmm. um, went to Samwell. Mm -hmm. I went to Frenchie, first of all, then I went to, um, then I went to Samwell and where the vicar was very supportive and helped me through. He knew, because I'd met him on spiritual direction course, very supportive, and those first years were really good. Julian uh, produced the Rock Communion hmm. that uh, Ian had actually written, and that was a, a fantastic time. We had real good fun. Lots of offer courses and, and lots of coming alongside people. I did lots of baptism preparation. We did, did it quite different to what we do here. But I had lots of involvement with young families, and I loved it. I really did. And then my mum was diagnosed with dementia, and I had to draw back, and some other circumstances as well, mm -hmm. that I had time out of there um, to look after her. And I came here, just mm. for a, a, only a short period. Yeah. But for some reason, I came back. <laughs> by, by then, Malcolm was a rector, and uh, he said, if you'd like to come back permanently, Mm. And I thought, well, I'll give it a try. And here you I'm are. I'm still here. Yes. Well, we feel very lucky to have you, and I'm sure we all feel very privileged to hear your, your story this evening. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing so deeply and honestly. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. Oh yes, Instagram, yes. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you. And we look forward to joining you next time. Mm -hmm.